When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What is going on, Belt Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, here with another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. i got a couple of guests on today to help me grade some various NBA free agent signings and trades. So without further ado, let's dive on in. All right, so I am joined by a handful of, we'll call it Belly Up's finest today. I have Antonio Perez of the Sidelines Summit. Uh, how are we doing, Antonio? I'm doing good. Glad to glad to be on. It's always a good show, you know. Whether it was them post game finals, pre game finals show, it was always fun talking with Parker. <laughs> I got Chris Coulter, Coulter Boy Show. Coulter, how you doing? I'm doing really, really good. I'm happy. Like it's like Antonio said, I'm happy to be back, man. I, my <laughs> first, my first uh, belly up experience was great with uh, soon to be named Brad, but uh, yeah, it was really, really fun uh, to be able to do this with you guys again. Awesome, awesome. And Brad, a draft slash Chicago slash just NBA, we'll call it specialist. Brad, how are we doing? Great. I'm doing great. Summer League's starting up. I'm a happy man. <laughs> Summer League no. is starting up. Did did y'all see my boy Kenny Lofton Jr.? Of course I did. <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> Park, I want to tweet you yesterday and tell you, like, it's, it's a surprise with so many people, but he was at Louisiana Tech giving people fits all year. Like, I don't, I don't know why everybody's so surprised. <laughs> I saw the first video I saw him was – it was he was given Victor Wimbayana like the business because he's so big in like U19 yeah. basketball and yeah. he's a full two years older than Victor. I don't mean, but like I was like, who is this guy? He's a ton of fun, <laughs> a ton of fun. Uh, today we're recording and talking about different NBA trades and free agency signings. Going to hand out some grades. Uh, full disclosure: as we are recording this, and I have Twitter going in the background, so it may change in the middle of the show. Kevin Durant has not been moved. Kyrie Irving has opted in and otherwise not been moved. And so that could completely spoil the show by the time you're listening to it, because that would may end up being the biggest news of free agency. 
but as we're currently operating, that is not news yet. So um, <laughs> as we're currently operating, we're going to look at a handful of trades first. Antonio, you're a Boston Celtics guy. What's one big trade that sticks out and what grade are you handing it? Well, as the Boston guy, I'm going to go with the with the Brogdon trade. Uh, Indiana sent Malcolm Brogdon to Boston for Daniel Tice, Aaron Naismith, a first-round pick. Uh, we also sent over Nick Stalkis um, and two of our G League guys on two-way contracts. Um, I actually want to start on the Pacers side of it. Um, I, I would give the Pacers, honestly, I'd give them a, a B. I don't even think it's that bad. Um on it, like Brogdon, he hasn't been healthy a lot, and it, you want to, you basically just want to give the keys to Tyrese Halliburton, and and start to let him rock out. Brogdon's a little older. Um, you get a pick out of it, maybe it won't be great because these two guys are going to be, you know, make sure they have a lot of late picks and not lottery picks. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think it worked out well for the Pacers. For Boston, I'd give it an A minus. Um, a lot of people talking about that they need a true playmaker. While I think, I do think Marcus Smart is a very good playmaker. Uh, whether Malcolm Brogdon is the starting point guard or he's coming off the bench, uh, that is a huge addition, scoring wise, playmaking wise, and defensively. To have three guards like Smart, Brogdon, and Derek White, having those as your three defensive point guards can really be a hassle. Uh, for other guys, I think it was a good move by Brad. You basically only had to throw in all those guys to match the salary. Uh, and you didn't really have to give up much. I love Daniel Tice. Uh, Parker knows he spent a little a little time in Houston. <laughs> Don't know how much time he played, but as much as I love him, he he can't guard a, a mailbox. So um, <laughs> sucks to see him go. Uh, I do love him a lot, but I'd much rather have Malcolm Brogdon, and he's gonna he's gonna be huge for us. I think that was just the one move. I think took us t- to a whole nother level. Chris, Brad, what do y'all think about the Boston move to get Malcolm Brogdon? They were just in the NBA Finals. Doesn't feel like they need a lot, but it felt like a pretty big move. I mean, yeah. So with Brogdon, I mean, I agree that I thought Celtics need another playmaker. Um, And that's no knock against Smart. But especially, I think it's there's a lot of pressure on Smart, especially with playing in this two-big-man lineup the Celtics want constantly run. Um, It's a lot of creating the wings and guards need to do just puts more pressure on them. And I think this also gives them more flexibility with their lineups to go smaller, play Tatum at the four. They can play Brogdon alongside smart. I think it makes a lot of sense. And they didn't have to get, you said the most valuable piece they had to give up was Tice. So they didn't have to give up any of their core players, any of their top seven in their rotation. So I think it was a great move from the Celtics. And for the Pacers, they chose a direction. So they're committing to Hal Burton. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of similar to that um, for me, especially um, kind of starting with the Celtics side of it. Um, I'm, I'm probably the guy like who doesn't really love Marcus Smart as a playmaker as much. I think it puts too much in his brain. Like I think he needs to focus on just really defending. Because I think like even in the finals, you kind of seen him like, kind of struggle a little bit. Like, you know, he tried to overplay mm-hmm. mate because he, he wanted to take pressure off of Tatum and Brown a little bit. And I think this mm-hmm. takes more pressure off of him. Uh, it kind of lets him really, really defend. I mean, like, if you have him in the backcourt with Brogdon on those times where you go, quote-unquote, small, where you maybe keep Robert Williams at the center, you don't get people fits. Like, just guarding that, everybody can shoot and everybody can play make. I mean, it helps a lot. And I think Tatum and Brown, especially, like, we've seen that later in the playoffs, they start to get a little fatigued because they're scorers at heart. And I think this kind of helps um, them kind of be – 
who they are more of the game. Like like a lot of the fourth quarters, you see Jason Tatum like over dribbling a little bit, kind of doing too much. I think just adding Brodin just kind of helps with that. And, and Brodin can shoot. He's a 50, 40, 90 guy yeah. at a point. So it's like you add some efficiency there. And and I really, I really like that. I really like it for Boston. Like I said, they didn't have to give up a lot uh, of anything. I mean, I, I like Tice, especially like a, that third big man, just to kind of give them like the mid-range jump and be able to board a little bit. But like Antonio said, I don't think he can guard uh, a bank with a gun either. So um, I'm with you on that. And uh, but on, on the Pacers side too, like I think it's basically like like uh, Branson. They kind of just chose a side. And I'm happy they finally chose it. Like I, I didn't like seeing them being like wavering, like an NBA purgatory, almost like not really contending, but you know, it's not really terrible enough to really get a good pick. And uh, I think they kind of cleared up some space. Um, for Matherin too. Matherin and, and Duarte should be able to get some backcourt minutes as well with Halliburton. And I think they just, you know, chose to, to go young. And I, I want to see what they do next year. So I think it was really good on both sides, a trade to help both sides. Well, and they've got to feel like they replaced some of the Brogdon shooting with Matherin. Matherin was a great shooter at Arizona. I think what I like about Boston's side of this is that like Brogdon with Derek White will play very different than Brogdon with Marcus Smart. Yeah. But both sets of both pairs pair very well with Tatum and brown and i think that's the versatility they're kind of looking for is just one more guy um again they were in the nba finals they don't need a lot more but they do need to get better because miami was close milwaukee will be healthy like the east will get better and so they need to get better um i i really like to trade a lot for the celtics and then maybe it's because i'm a rockets guy and we're doing it right now i like the youth movement across the board and so like yeah. indiana i get it i i, I maybe like i liked brogdon so it hurts but i get what they're doing um chris you were paying attention to one other big trade in the eastern conference tell us what trade you're looking at and what grade you give it uh, i'm looking at the dejounte murray to atlanta trade and gallinari to the spurs for 20 minutes before you got waived uh <laughs> to go to go join the Celtics as well um yeah and i really love this trade for honestly for both sides to be honest with you um i give it a a plus for atlanta and this is the reason why I'm a big, big DeJounte Murray fan, but outside of that, I think it helps Trey Young on so many levels. Um, he was the one guy that could get two feet in the paint for Atlanta all year. And he's not the biggest guy, so it would warm down a lot of times and people were able to really, really focus in on really, really be physical with him. But when you add a guy to DeJounte Murray who's really, really good at that as well, um, it helps Trey Young be kind of off the ball. And I think he's the best shooter that Atlanta had. I mean, Bogey was really good at shooting too. Herder was, was good. But I think Trey Young's your best shooter. So now you have times you can have him really free to be off the ball and not worry about somebody getting ripped up or being able to dribble with their offhand <laughs> and being able to actually give him the ball. So I really, really like that. And another thing about DeJounte Murray, I like he, he, he's going to board from the point guard, two guard position. He's going to get you seven, eight boards. So now instead of Trey Young having to wait to get the ball from Capello, John Collins can be running up the court already. And now you've got the wings filling the lane. You've got DeJounte with the ball. You got DeAndre Hunter running the lane. I hope the guy they keep John Collins. So John Collins can stay there and, and either, you know, flash middle or flash three and, and kind of trail that. Then you have Capello come down the lane. I just like that five. I just hope that they use it at least for one year. But um, yeah, I think that's why I, I give them an A plus on that. I like that. I like that a lot. I like them getting DeJounte Murray a lot. And um for the Spurs, um, I should give them an A, too. I mean, because, I mean, I think what, what Parker said as well, the youth movement. I mean, if, if you're not going to contend right now, you might as well try to start over and give yourself three to four years to, to kind of get your team together. And, uh, I mean, you're going to enter the Victor sweepstakes as well. So, I mean, that's that's always good to have some more picks to try to get that. But also, too, it's a couple other guys in the upcoming draft, like especially some guards that they can use to replace the Jante to an extent. Like, they let Lonnie Walker walk in free agency as well. They let a lot of things go. So, it's almost like they're prepared for the worst and the best, if that makes sense. And I mean, with Popovich being there, 
at least the pops day is going to help the young guys that's there right now. So I think it's, it's, it's a win-win for them. So I give them an A as well. Antonio, what do you think about the DeJounte Murray move to out East? Do you feel like that makes them a competitor? Do you, uh, I mean, you're a Boston guy, so you're looking at competitors. They were just in the conference finals a year and a half ago, or it's this July. So about two years, about a year ago. Um, what were you, what were you feeling? When you saw that trade pop up uh, for the Spurs. Um, it truly marked the, the end of a great era. They have, they have so many years of at least being in contention, but I'm glad, uh, like, like her said, um, I'm glad they're, they're choosing a direction. They're falling back and they're going to try to rebuild it from the ground up, be great again for the Hawks. Um, I, I truly don't know how much like, like seeding wise. So they got the eighth, they were the 10 seed. They earned the eighth seed. I don't know how much they can really crack into those top four of Miami, Boston, Milwaukee and and Philadelphia. Not to mention, I mean, if if the Nets do run it back, I can't assume there'll be anything worse than a five seed if they stay healthy, which is a big if. But and you have Chicago. Chicago is going to be running back with DeRozan and Levine. They were phenomenal this year. They kind of burnt out a little bit since Ball and Caruso got injured. They're phenomenal with them, though. Um, it is a very, very low to ease. The Cavs are going to come back hungry. I do think Atlanta probably gets out of the they'll probably be between the eight or six range, I believe. But I mean, once you get in the playoffs and you have Trey Young, I think anything's possible. So I do think they're a dark horse contender to make it out the East. Well, and I, I like what Chris alluded to as well, that like part of them getting out of the East will depend on taking something off Trey Young's back. DeJounte Murray does a lot of the same things, which helps in that it just doesn't mean Trey has to do it every time. Brad, you're a big draft guy, big bulls guy. Talk me through, um, what you saw when you saw this trade pop up. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I was happy mainly that the Spurs chose a direction. Uh, it kind of felt like for years I've been waiting for them to start the rebuild um, for the past four years, because the whole Aldridge Demar thing was kind of a failed experiment. In my opinion, last place you want to be is mediocrity. With DeJounte, you still can't rebuild. He's just too good. Pop's too good of a coach. Like, if they want to establish a real culture, they had to get worse talent-wise and just build through their youth and their draft picks. And I see the trade for DeJounte as a good sign. I'm a little shocked they couldn't get more, especially when we see Rudy Gobert can compile four first-round picks and role players. Um, So – I think they rushed it a little bit there, but I think they wanted to make it happen quick and make it easier on DeJounte and do his part to send him where he wanted to go, I heard. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, overall, though, I think it was good that Spurs decided to move, make the move, then DeJounte to Hawks. DeJounte defensively, I really like the fact that now Trey Young can – and he can especially just play off – him, Hunter, whoever the worst offensive player is, and kind of hide him. I think you can hide him a lot better now. Definitely hide him better. And, I, you know, we're all alluding to the same thing, that this feels like a big win for the Hawks and like the end of a chapter or an era or maybe yeah. even a book for San Antonio. I, I, I'd like to see Pop coach a lot longer. He is much yeah. older than he used to, than he used to be, yeah. obviously. Uh, the dynasty went – 
the dynasty was at the top of the league from like 1999. They won it all to like, they were, they won it all again in 2014. I mean, it, it was a long, yep. long run. The downslide has been kind of slow and this kind of caps it off. I guess my thought on this is that like San Antonio traded for good picks and we've seen what as an organization they do with like mediocre picks. I mean, they yeah. got Ginobili in the second round. They got Park Tony Parker at the end of the first those are two Hall of Famers, right? Like, like, like the, 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 those are big time, big time names. Um, they got Kawhi Leonard at the end of the lottery, and he's a two time Finals MVP, right? Like they they yeah. find guys later than most people find them. Um, that's really why I like it for them too. Yeah, I think that on the longevity side of this, like that's going to play out in their favor. It's just in the immediate future, they're going to win. I hate to say it. They're going to win like 25, 20 games next year. Like they're going to be in the, on the low end of the totem pole. They're going to hope for a top pick and they'll build it from there. Um, Atlanta, we've all this discussed how, how big a win this is for them. I will say that the East is so loaded. They might get to the second round of the playoffs and cap out there just because the East is so good. Like that's like, I, I don't yeah. know that I'm necessarily picking them over the Celtics, the Bucks, the, like, da, 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 but it makes them competitive in any of those. So we'll see how it shakes out. If it's, I say if it's one team park, I think that they can they can get, and this may be a hot take. I think they can be better than Philly, honestly and truly. Even with whoever Philly brings back, I love Joel Embiid, and I I used to love Harden when he was in Houston with your guys, Parker. But uh, now that he's fat Harden, I don't think he's the same person anymore. So I think they can be a, a team that can kind of you know weave up in there in the four or the Bulls too. So I, I think the East, uh, like I think Antonio said it best, it, it's going to be loaded over there this year. And I think it's going to depend on health and consistency for these teams, especially the team that's trying to gel together. So that, that's my, my little hot take for right now. <laughs> Completely. I, like I, outside of the fact that I like Giannis, I don't know who I'd pick in the East next year right now. Yeah. I, I guess, obviously we mentioned at the top of the show that like the Durant Kyrie thing has to shake out still, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know who I'm picking in the East. Boston won the thing last, won the East last year. Yep. Milwaukee won it the year before. I, I, I like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yep. Brad, you alluded to a large pick package. Uh, tell us something about the Rudy Gobert trade. How do you grade that trade? What do you see happening there? So, yeah, so uh, the Wolves got Rudy Gobert in exchange for Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Bomero, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, and then three unprotected first-round picks and then a top-five protected first-round pick in 2029. So four first-round picks total, three of them unprotected. Um, that was a huge haul, I thought, for somewhat of a bad contract in Rudy. Um, and it's a little odd just because I would like to see them get more players instead of picks to pair with Mitchell because they're not going to be bad enough to necessarily tank. And Donovan is close to entering his prime. They don't have too much time to waste with him. I don't think he's going to be that patient with the organization. But worst case scenario, if Donovan does want to trade and they ship him off for at least three more first-round picks, they're good. So from the Jazz side, I mean, I give it – I thought they did really well this offseason. I think they get an A because clearly the Rudy Gobert thing, it just wasn't working in that system. Now they got a new coach in Hardy. Um, I'm curious to see where they go from here. And then from the Timberwolves side, I think it's really interesting. We've never really seen two big men like this, at least in some time, in this modern day of basketball of Rudy Gobert and Cat's caliber play together. And 
I kind of like it because I think Cat moves well enough on the perimeter. I think just the length in general is awesome. The one thing I will say is I think Ant needs to step up into that, into being that number one guy um, quicker than anticipated because I don't think that's Cat. I don't think it's Rudy. I know it's not D'Lo. If they want to make that Western Conference championship title type run. Fair enough. And I think that, you know, we'll, we'll get into more specifics in a second, but like, yeah, it does feel like they've got, you just mentioned four names that everyone recognizes as like, can take over a game at any point kind of guys. Yeah. Antonio, I know this is back in the other conference, but you had to see the Rudy Gobert trade come across like, what the heck is happening? It's yeah. your boy, Danny Ainge. <laughs> so it feels a little familiar. Walk us through that trade. D- Danny Ainge has been, He's been doing work for, for a lot of time, and I don't understand why GMs pick up the phone when he's calling <laughs> because he's about to do some some crazy stuff. Um, this is this I think this is really good for the Jazz. Uh, like Brad mentioned, I don't know how picks are going to end up helping Mitchell, um, but I, I do think this is their way of showing we're committed to to you. Uh, we cannot build around. Perspective Rudy is one of the greatest shot blockers the game's ever seen, but you can't really build around that when you don't have such an offensive skill set in today's league. But I do think this was I, – I would give the Wolves like a C. Like everyone would think they straight up got fleeced and they gave up too much for Rudy Gobert. But now Cat in, in Anthony Davis's type of way, AD never wants to play the five. He wants to play the four. Cats never come out and say that, but I think he's so fluent enough. I think he does want to play the four. I think he'll excel at it, but I do agree that Edwards should become the main guy. He showed it last playoff run. I think those three are a very underrated duo, and Rudy, kind of like in Utah, will take the defensive pressure off a little bit from Cat and a little bit from Edwards. Just he can kind of let people go by. Then they got to meet this seven-foot forever guy at the rim. It could help out a little bit, but the window, as young as Cat still is, as young as Edwards still is, the window is not open for long. So kind of like the Lakers trade, if they get a a win, if they win a championship or get to the finals, sure, it's worth it. But I don't know. I'm going to need some other guys. Chris, you're a big NBA fan across the board. This shook NBA Twitter, and you're very active on Twitter. This shook NBA Twitter in a lot of ways. Um, what were you thinking when you saw it pop up as Wojnarowski tweeting, or maybe the Shams, I forget which one. But anyway, that this trade was going down the way it was. I was literally sitting in a ball of confusion. I just was like, why? What? For what? Like, I was just so confused. Uh, and I was confused for a couple of reasons. Well, for one, I'm a big Malik Beasley fan. I know that's a random guy to be a big fan of, but I've been loving Malik Beasley since college. And I think if you are going to get Gobert, you want to keep a Malik Beasley over there to kind of spread the floor. So it was just like things like that. Just it made the trade feel weird to me. Like if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I'm confused. Like, I mean, I know me and Gobert didn't work, but you got me Beverly and and Jared Vanderbilt and Balmaro and these like, I don't, I don't understand kind of what they're doing outside of clearing the way to maybe make a big trade for this going to start soon. You know, we're getting those draft picks and, and maybe getting some players that they can send out again. Um, so I think, I mean, I, I guess I like it most for the, the jazz side, to be honest with you. Um, I think at the end of the day, it, it clears some space. And, and I think um, I can't, feel, can't remember who said it, but it shows the loyalty to Don Mitchell that, okay, we're going to get some assets to be able to, if you ask for a player, we can at least make a push to get them. Or, you know, we, we can at least, you know, say that we we have some assets to try to get these guys that, that you may want. 
or, you know, even still on the other side of that, if that's not enough for you, we got some assets to move forward with before we try to get some assets for you. So I think it's, it's more of a win on the Jazz side for, for those two reasons. Um, uh, for the Timberwolves, I, I, I get it. I, if it was 2003, I would love it even more. Like if it was Gobert <laughs> and, and Cat down there, I would love it even more. Um, but I do think this, this helps Edwards a little bit um, because now – uh, I don't know if you guys remember early in the season, Edward said, we're not scared of Gobert as a shot blocker. So now <laughs> Gobert has to show uh, that he's scaring people again on the, on the shot blocking end. But I mean, I, I, I'm just confused a little bit. I just, I don't really know if it's going to work just because, I mean, I think Cat is mobile, but Cat, they, the reason they want to go birds is because Cat's defense isn't great. So now you're going to have him defending stretch fours more often. You're going to have him, you know, out on the perimeter. So, I mean, maybe he gets more tired. I, I just, I just don't really see it working out well, but I mean, I, I hope it does because I really like Anthony Edwards and I want him to succeed. And I, I think this gives D'Lo a chance to really be a pick and roll guard again, uh, a pick and pop guy for 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 a town, and then uh, maybe help Gobert get a couple easy looks at the rim. But I don't see them really moving any higher than they were last year in the West. Like outside of being maybe in a play in or, or getting seven or eight seed, like I don't see them getting any higher than that. I don't think this. I don't think this really moves the needle much for them because of what they gave up. They gave up a lot of their their scrappy guys. Like um, Brad, you you probably remember this. Last year, their their bench reminded me of the bench mob that that uh, Chicago had not too long ago with Taj and 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 CJ Watson, yep. guys like that who can come in and give you good minutes and play really really well and yeah. fill your starters and maybe even finish a game for you. But now they gave up all those guys and they brought in Gobert. But it's like now, who do you have to slide in now? Do you use Jalen Noel more? Like like it's gonna it's gonna really be up to the young guys that they have now. And and Torian Prince is still there, so I think that's that's good they kept him. But yeah. I don't know. I think they gave up. I think they, I think they gave up a lot of what their identity. They did, yeah. I, Vanderbilt especially that one. I think yeah. will hurt them. He's a really yep. good defender. Really good yep. defender. Well, that's how I was at with the two. I look at it interestingly. Like I I see kind of what. Minnesota is trying to do they say hey we're bad at protecting the rim we're going to get the guy that protects the rim the best of the last like 10 years like like honestly like the floor for your defense or go bear on it is like the 12th best defense in the league right I would question where the ceiling is but the floor is very high right Mm -hmm. at the same time you're still going to have some of the same questions. Like you're still going to have to have Carl Anthony Towns, if not more, at least the same amount, cover guys on the perimeter. You're still going to have, you know, less creation out of the point guard play because for all the things I like about Patrick Beverly as a scrapper, he's not like the most skilled offensive guy either. So you're going to hand off some of the keys to car there to Anthony Edwards on the creation side. I have lots of questions about, and I know playoff Rudy becomes like a, a trope of sorts, but like he does have trouble when he's covering a guy in the corner, getting to the front of the rim and decision-making with that in the corner. And I don't think this fixes that either because they have, they traded away two of their bet two or three of their better perimeter defenders. So they're going to have guys going by. I, I there's a lot of questions. And I think my deal that I settle on with this is if I have that many questions about it, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying I can't throw that many yeah. draft picks into this. Like, yeah. like I, I have too many questions to also throw their first round pick this year in Walker Kessler. Um, and then they have what four picks and a pick swap in the next six years. Like, that is way too much. Like Danny Ainge, this is highway robbery. Like, how do we keep doing this? He did this to Brooklyn with Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Uh, he got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and we just saw them do this thing at 25 years old. Like this, this yep. is crazy. Yep. Um, on on the Jazz side, 
so Tony Jones, the athletic is a guy that I respect as a writer. He's really, really talented. He consistently maintains they're not moving Mitchell, but they're also not done. So that makes me think that like, do they think they're going to get DeAndre Ayton? Do they think that they're going to be a third team in some of this Kevin Durant stuff? And they're going to get something out of, you know, like in all the stuff that shakes out, if they're not done, but they're not moving Mitchell, they got to think they're going to get a win now piece. I feel like, and if they don't, They've got one out. Yeah, they got top picks. <laughs> they have top picks. They can move. I think Brad said it first. They can move Mitchell for more top picks. And then even if they don't get the number one overall pick, they can tell whoever does, hey, we'll trade you four picks for Victor Wimbayana and still have four more picks. <laughs> it's like it, it's just it's just ludicrous. I, I don't get how yeah. it all happens. Um that that is to say that I have gotten some people coming back at me on Twitter because I don't like oh, yeah. the jazz, the, uh, the Minnesota side of this. I like the jazz side of this and like, well, it's Rudy Gobert. I'm like, he's fine. But yeah, he's cool. A- another cool guy that I think uh, got traded that went a little under the radar. Cause it went so early uh, or it felt early was Jeremy Grant getting traded from Detroit to Portland. Uh, the full trade more or less brought back a bunch of picks to Detroit and the big name player going to Portland being Jeremy Grant. At the time, I was really high on this in Portland. Uh, I think on Twitter, I even gave like an A minus for Portland because mm-hmm. I felt like it was the move before the move. I thought that they were also going to then package that seventh pick and go get some other win now type of guy. It's not quite what happened. Um, <laughs> so, you know, take that as you, as you like. I'm still going to sit in the high, like, B B plus range for Portland. Cause I think Jimmy Grant adds some versatility at like a, it can be a stretch four. you might even talk me into like a really, really small, small ball five. Cause he's so long. Although I'd rather have somebody else there too. Um, yep. And then the other thing is that it, it will space the floor and take some of the creation off of Dame Lillard without being another small guard. Cause like the things that we saw work out so well with him and CJ McCollum were then like, taken away on defense because they always had a mismatch at one of the two guard spots defensively because they're both not very tall jeremy grant doesn't give you that he's not the best defender but he's not a bad defender he's a good wing defender and he also will help some of the creation stuff on detroit side um i i i like the pick capital i wish it were sooner i think the first like unprotected pick of it comes in 2025 or 2026 yeah 2025 and yep that feels a little like Maybe it's because I'm really high on Cade or really high on Ivy. That feels a little late to me. I think that they're going to want to cash those in and maybe they trade with, you know, pick assets earlier. Um, But again, that makes this the move before the move for them as well. So I'm going to sit in like the C plus range. I would like to see some, you know, an earlier pick on that. I wonder why Portland wasn't giving up earlier picks on that. Um, Antonio, you see Jeremy Grant moving out West. What do you have to say? Uh, I, I thought the same thing. I thought it was going to be like the move before the move, but even if there is no bigger move made, I, I still think it's around. I agree. Like the B area, Jeremy Grant, very solid, a very solid player. Um, could he be the second best player or third best player on championship team? I don't know, but that's not what Portland must be about. Um <laughs> I think that feels I, like a I shot. Say, I say third. I say third. <laughs> it could be. I mean, when your when your star guy is 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 just simple. I don't know. Your star guy doesn't seem to be about winning, and I, I don't know. But I say Jeremy Grant could be second or third because Anthony Simons could 
end up being very well. But the downfall of him and Dame together is the same downfall of him and McCollum. Can't guard much. But I still do give it a B. Jeremy Grant is very solid and very versatile with what you can do with your lineups. Uh, for Detroit, though, I kind of I kind of in the same range, like giving up Jeremy Grant and then now it's just all Cade. It's just this is Cade squad along with like Sadiq Bey, who had a random 50 point game last year. Um, and then you got Bagley, who just got signed to extension. I mentioned this on previous occasions with Bagley. When he, I watch him play against the Celtics, he's a walking 20 and 10. Like he's he's very solid potential. Um, and of course, they just got Jaden Ivey, which I was super uh, ecstatic about for them. So they got their timeline evened out and they're all like same age. They're just going to grow together. And, and Portland gets a little bit better. Don't know how much better they really get. Uh, we got to see how Damian Lillard is. Uh, off basically a whole year off um and hopefully they make another move that will make this trade even better but i'll say a b for both sides chris uh first of all it, this is an audio medium so people are missing out on chris's background has become the brian <laughs> windhorse meme amidst our talking rudy gobert and it's really really funny to see chris taking up the space right in front of the windhorse uh so when i look at that i'm sorry if i'm laughing every time i look at chris chris what did you think yeah. of hearing about jeremy grant heading to the pnw um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a good move on both sides and, uh, starting with the Pistons, if I'm not mistaken, guys, I might be wrong, but I think that that pick that they got helped them get Jalen Duran. I'm not sure if that's one pick that they, that they moved to, to get him. I, I thought it was. Uh, I'm pretty so, sure you're right. I'm they sure. later okay. packaged it. It wasn't directly in right, the right. deal, but it, they right, later right. Pack- yeah, yeah. And for that, for that reason alone, I like it a, a lot for the Pistons just because, I mean, as you said, Parker, it's a later pick. So, I mean. They might not even get to use it, but they got to use it earlier to an extent by helping get Duran. And I think it helps the Pistons a lot. I, I'm a, I'm a, I like Sadiq Bay a lot. Um, I think having him at that four position, if you're going to play him at that, you know, uh, stretch four, small four, I, I like that a lot. I think he can give you the same type of production Jamie Grant did, like 18 and, 18 and five, you know, something to that effect. And he's younger, so you can, you know, kind of fit him in with the young guys like Caden and, and Ivy. And, you know, it gives him a reason not to play Killian Hayes anymore, which I'm, I'm happy about because I think Killian Hayes' time is up. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really like it for the Pistons for that move that they were able to get during and, and kind of, you know, like Antonio said, kind of even out their timeline and just have their young guys and, and try to figure it out together in the Motor City. Um, for the Blazers, uh, I, I thought it was okay because, as, as everybody else said, I kind of echo everybody else. I thought it was a move before the move. I thought it was that and then get Aiden or that and then get John Collins. Like, I thought it was something before that. But at the end of the day, I think it at least shows them you care. At, at least they care a little bit to try to get some help around them. That, that's not 6'3". Um, you know, kind of get some help to to help him just do what he want to do. I, and, and I can tell you, I don't know if what Dane wants. I think he wants to win or stick through the grind or whatever he wants to do. This Jeremy Grant moves helps him do that. So I think it, I think it helps the Blazers. Uh, them bringing Nurkic back, I think, kind of solidifies that team a little bit. I like them when they have Gary Payton over there now who can really just focus on defending. And you have Simons and, and Dame. So now you have an actual guard size person who can guard those guards back there. So um, I, I kind of want to just, just see how it works out for them. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's just a move that 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 they kind of had to do, especially they didn't have to give up a lot to get him. I mean, it kind of shows them that you're committed to him still, you know, in, in his 30s and, and getting a guy that's going to be able to, you know, kind of win now. So I think it's a, a good move uh, for the Blazers as well. Brad, you're nodding along a lot of that. What do you think when you saw this trade? Um, so I actually – so – you did bring up a good point with the Jalen Duran move, uh, Chris. I like they were able to capitalize it sooner than expected. Uh, Portland was not able to give up 
future picks because I know the Bulls have their lottery protected pick. And I'm not sure the stipulations of it when they can give up their next pick because it's a lottery protected pick for the next seven years. Whenever they miss the lottery, then the Bulls get their pick. So I don't know the flexibility there. But I like it for the Pistons. Now, Gang Duran, I think they need to just get off Grant. I think it was time. I think they would have gotten a lot more if they had traded him at the deadline. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was it was a decent move by them. I give them more of a B minus B. I feel like they could have capitalized a lot more on it, could have gotten a little more in assets. But then from the Portland side, I love it because we are also no one mentioned yet. They do get Jeremy Grant's bird years. He is a unrestricted free agent this upcoming year, but they will be able to go into luxury tax if they want. Um, and re-sign Jeremy Grant because they just I, he, they'll have his bird years and he's an athletic forward. We talked about his ability to defend. He defended Donovan Mitchell uh, back when he was with the Nuggets fairly well in the playoffs. And I really like just them adding athleticism and length around Dame. And I think that's a huge part of it. And I, th- I even like the Shaden Sharp pick, um, getting an athletic two guard next to him. But overall, worst case scenario, Portland gave up a 2025 first round pick for Jeremy Grant, who at worst leaves after a year, or at best becomes a three for you in the future. You have cap space next year to make moves. And for Nee Simons, I don't expect there to be long term. I think he's going to be a guy that's probably packaged for maybe a sign and trade next year or something to that effect. Um, Cause I don't see them rolling with or making the same mistakes necessarily having two small backcourt guards. So I don't think that we're done there, but I love it for Portland. Brad, I did extend them though. They did extend them. Uh, this they did extend uh, him, but that doesn't mean they can't trade him next year. True that. Yeah. True. 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 They, they didn't want to lose him for nothing. So yeah, I yeah, thought it was the right move, but I'm yeah. waiting for the next move. I, I will say that in any case, all guys traded that were traded for at the deadline or at the opening, I should say at the deadline, at the opening. Um, I think that once it's been like 72 hours or something, you on it, you can't be traded again till like mid December. So yeah, I, I, they would have to wait a, a little no, while yeah. to play a couple, play a couple months. Um I don't know that that same rule applies though, to a bunch of NBA free agency signings. I I think that signing period opened up in a, you know, chaotic fashion as always, because about an hour before the opening of the floodgates, Kevin Durant said, Hey, I'd like to be traded. And that, you know, guy, a guy of his caliber will always uh, cause chaos. Um, Brad, your Chicago bulls made a number of different signings. How would you grade their signings? What signings would you give higher or lower grades to as you look at what the Bulls did? Yeah, so, I mean, they had to decide whether – it depend if Levine wanted to be here long-term or not. I think that was the key. If, if he did not want to be here, I wanted us to rebuild. I just wanted us to blow it up. But if he wants to be here um, and try to make it work, I think we can. And I'm fine. I'm completely fine with the money. I have no issue with it. At this point, it's – the owner's money really um everyone gets overpaid at that level so is what it is for that 
Uh, Zach Levine, I, I, I give an A plus. I mean, I'm good with it. <laughs> Overpaid. I will say, though, on a you know no salary cap league, who knows how much these guys get paid? And that may be an argument for a capitalist saying they get underpaid. Chris, yep. <laughs> you're a Midwesterner. You're a Chicago guy, frankly, yourself. Not that you're a I Bulls am. guy, but a Chicago guy. Um, you saw the Bulls offseason signings. What do you think of – how would you grade their signings? Um, honestly, I I give them a, a, a A just because I think – well, starting off with this, they don't have Tristan Thompson anymore, and now they have Drummond. So that's an A-plus right there. Just yes. get into the top right away. That's Drummond, an A-plus. That's an A-plus 100%. I want to talk about out. that too, yeah, after you. Get, get him out of there. And I, I like Drummond for them too um, because a lot of – I know a lot of stuff I've seen last year on Twitter, especially from uh, my, my friends who are Bulls fans. I think they thought Vucevic was going to be like Gobert and like guard the rim a lot. But he's just 18 and 18 and 12 is what he's going to give. He's going to give you points and boards. And I think Drum's going to be that guy to where if they play a team that plays too big or if they really need to defend, I mean, Drum's going to at least board and, and try to protect the basket. He may do some behind the back passes. But I mean, that's just what you live with when you have Drummond. Um, I think Dragic was really good um, because it gives them another creator. And I feel like this may be something that maybe Kobe White may be on the move later on. I'm not sure. But I like Dragic there because he gives you some steadiness too. Like, especially if Zoe's going to miss time, if Caruso may not, you know, if Caruso's out there, you still have a steady guy who can play make and still score. And he, he's a smart player. So I, I like Dragic too. And uh, even though I said that uh, about Levine off, off air, it was like, I mean, you still pay the guy. You pay him. He's 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 the guy that you have over there. You pay him. And I think like like Brad said, Levine wants to be there. You keep him there because at the end of the day, he's going to get you twenty five plus points a game. And and that in this league, you need scores. So I really like that. I like I like what they did together. I think I think they made their team a lot better. Um, and I think they're they're geared for a, a nice push next year in the East. And all my my Bulls my Bulls friends are going to be so surprised that I said all those nice things about the Bulls. But I really think they did do do really really well this summer for sure. Antonio, another Eastern Conference foe. Chicago looks fairly – I mean, they did improve, I think. Brad will point out in a second, Andre Drummond. Um, they did pull in Goran Dragic. But overall, like as far as signing a star goes, they re-signed Zach Levine and are going to just kind of stay pat. Uh, what do you think about the Bulls staying pat where they are? Uh, I I think in they're making kind of moves like Celtics. They're not like at the Celtics. Like the Celtics are just in the finals and the Bulls got the most – you know, unfortunate matchup in the first round with the Bucks, yeah. but signing like Drogic has gave Drogic has given the Celtics hell for years. Uh, so I think he's a really good signing, obviously for practically nothing. I wanted Drummond on the Celtics to be a backup rotational piece for Rob and Al. Uh, so I think that was another good signing by them. And like Chris mentioned, you could you can just do so many different things with him. If you want to go double big, if you just want to throw him in there, be the rim protector, space the floor out. Um, there's, yeah, like a little bit of like big ball, I guess you would say, and put Vucevic at the four, stretch it out a little bit. Um, I, I like I the moves by the Bulls. Uh, nothing that really like puts them insanely like over the hump. But starting, I think signing Zach Levine was the biggest thing. I mean, he's, I believe, is your longest tendered player. Um, and no, and, just sign them. You just give them the money. Everybody's overpaid in the league. No one's going to sit like this is, I believe, two time all star Zach Levine. I, I think he's good. He's smacked it in the middle of his prime. You give him the money. He's he's earned it. Um, you run it back with this squad. You probably get a little farther than the first round. You got that Drogic scoring off the bench. Ball will be back. Caruso will be back. Uh, Drummond off the bench will help a lot. They're sneakily a very deep team in my eyes. Um, 
they've definitely improved for me. Yeah, I don't want to make it sound like they're not getting better. I just uh, star power oh, yeah. wise, they, yeah, they, definitely, they, they're, yeah, they're in no the same star stars out there. Uh, on the peripheries, though, Brad, you you like the Drummond signing? Yeah. So with Drummond, I mean, he gives us something he did that was underrated in Detroit was his passing ability, and teams constantly want to double team Demar and Levine out of the pick and roll. Then Tristan Thompson was not a good enough playmaker necessarily off the bench to make those reads. I think Drummond can, though, because then it's four on three. Once they make that trap, get the ball up. If Drummond makes, if our center makes the right decision, we have an open shot. It's that simple. And I mean, he, the guy averaged double double last year and we're paying him three mil. So, I mean, that's a pretty good deal if you ask me. But yeah, I mean, then on Goran Dragic's side, he's more so insurance, if anything, for me. Um, I'm curious to see what we do with Kobe White, especially as the deadline approaches, because I don't expect us to pay him. I see Kobe White maybe getting shipped off for a forward that can shoot maybe and help us more now. Um, and Goran Dragic then fills that Kobe White role of a creator off the bench can space up or uh, spot up and space the floor. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Uh, in transitioning from the Chicago Bulls to another Chicago guy, Chris, you're you're actually more of a LeBron and Lakers fan, I think, than, than any other franchise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're getting a, getting a thumbs know. down from your fellow <laughs> Chicagoan. Um, Chris, your Lakers both made an interesting signing – and kind of lost out on an interesting signing. Um, and a couple of guys, again, we're recording before Kyrie, Kyrie Irving may end up there and kind of watch this all away. We'll, we'll see. Um, Chris has his fingers crossed on air here. Um, Chris, what did you see happening on the West Coast? Um, honestly and truly, I, I, I like what, what, what the Lakers did, um, just for the simple fact that we got out of the retirement home for once. Like, it, it's, we don't have guys who are 47 years old and, and older. So I, I'm good with that. I think, um, especially for, for the year, um, guys like, and, and Brad, Brad had Troy Brown, his team last year, just having guys like Troy Brown, Lonnie Walker, JTA, like guys who can be on the wing and just be active. They don't have to be great players. They just have to be active. LeBron James is old now. He is, he's my guy. He's, I, I have my own opinions about him, but he's old now. So the regular season, the 82 games, he can't just carry you through 82 games. He can get you through games. He can close games. He needs those players on the wing that are just active, that can defend, that are going to play hard. Like we had skilled players last year that were old guys, and we brought Trevor Reza in to be a 3 and D guy, and he couldn't do either. So it was like confusing to – not confusing, but it was just sad to see that we had all those guys out there who had specialties and they couldn't do them. So, I mean, I think Adelani Walker, who's coming from the Spurs, He's going to try to have something to prove, similar to Malik Monk last year, who had something to prove, who wanted to play really well. I think he's going to fill that role really well of a guy who can be athletic, shoot the ball, and he's going to try to prove he can defend. So these are these are all three things that we need, especially around the LeBron James, around Anthony Davis, around the Russ Westbrook if he's still there. I'm a big Russ guy too, so I'm, he had a horrible year last year. And, you know, I, if, if he's there, I expect a little more from him, a little better from him. But at the end of the day, I think Lonnie Walker was great. JTA just came off winning a championship with the Warriors. All his interviews this summer, he's talked about how being around greatness has inspired him to be a star in his role. And we need guys like that around the Anthony Davis, around LeBron James. He had, a, he had a quote that said, unicorns are going to be unicorns, so the other guys around them have to do what we have to do. 
that's the type of attitude we need. You know, Brown guys like that. Thomas Bryant is my favorite signing for the Lakers. Yeah, so far. So I was waiting. I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah I, I tried to keep him for last. I keep the little buildup. But I love Thomas Bryant being back because Thomas Bryant is going to play hard. He's going He's gonna play hard. I have to say that twice. He's gonna play as hard as he possibly can. He's gonna he's gonna make shots. He's gonna he's gonna be there and just give energy at the rim, kind of like a Javale did, kind of like Dwight did. You know, in know that bubble run that they that the Lakers had. He's gonna be that guy that's gonna try hard. And at the end of the day, regular season, if you have guys that can try hard, they'll probably win you four or five more games. And that's what the Lakers were out of when, when it comes to playing tournament four or five games out. I don't think they're gonna be a playing team again. But even if it were that. They have guys now who are going to play hard and have something to prove around Anthony Davis, LeBron, and, and Russ Westbrook, hopefully Kyrie Irving. Um, whoever, whoever we get in there, I think you want to just have have those guys have something to prove. So I really like what the Lakers did uh, this summer, and I don't think they're done yet. Um, outside of a Kyrie move, I think it may be hopefully some other moves. And then we get none back, you get THT, you get Austin, you still have guy, young guys too. So I think the regular season is what they're gearing up for, which is important just to be able to get through the regular season and get to the playoffs. Because I mean, get to the playoffs, yeah, LeBron James. You have a chance so i think if they can do that uh, I, I really love the signs but so far i think it's really really good what about missing it and i don't mean to, to cut others off you also on the west mm-hmm. coast didn't get to pull back malik monk is that oh. kind of a wash with the other young guys is that i i like malik monk in sacramento personally but you got yeah. to see him a lot more up, up close and personal yeah I, I really like malik monk a lot and and i was sad to see him go but I think he came to L.A. and did what he wanted to do. He wanted to get paid a little bit more. He proved why he should be. And, I mean, at the end of the day, he's 25, 26. Go get your money right now. Like, I understand it. Go get it. Go, go and go play with your friend, De'Aaron Fox. Like, they, they were yeah. teammates in, at Kentucky. I'm cool with that. Like, I, I'm sad he's gone. But I think Lonnie Walker can fill that role. Maybe not as good as Malik Monk, but they're a similar type of player. Athletes, they can shoot the ball. Cool. Like, I, I'm, I'm fine with having Lonnie Walker switch out. If we wouldn't have got a Lonnie Walker and wouldn't have got any other two guard that can do similar things to Malik Monk or at least similar play style that kind of brings that just excitement and, and like energy from wherever he's at on the court. Then I would have been a, a little more sad. But like I said, I think Malik Monk did what he wanted to do, came in. He affected the game a lot for the Lakers and, and, and he uh, helped, us, helped us do some good things. So I'm happy, happy he's over there, going to enjoy his time there. And then, you know, we got Lonnie Walker. Antonio, were you again? You're obviously the Celtics guy, so I'm sure you enjoy laughing at the kind of year the Lakers <laughs> just had. Um, Antonio, as you're watching young guys, um, Chris mentioned a few young wings coming in, uh, but you also saw Malik Monk going out. What do you think of what's happening on the West Coast? Uh, I I like that they picked up some, not like Alex Crusoe, Draymond. Those are like glue guys. You're picking up scrappy guys. Like I like. JTA, I, I loved Lonnie Walker. He played in Reading, PA, which is not too far from where I live. They're rivals with our rivals. Um, so I've been keeping an eye on him for a while. I think he that's a good place for him to go get scrappy, go prove yourself in this league. Um, THT, I do expect a lot out of him because, honestly, if I was him and I seen my name in every trade, mock trade known to man, I'd have to take it personally, um, and I'd have to go prove something. Um, now, the the one thing that did make me mad about them, I was I was convinced Thomas Bryant was a Celtic. I, I thought he was going to be our rotational center for the next couple of years, and no, he signed back to LA, and that hurt. And I think they got a really good player. Um, he he played like like Chris said, he plays very intense, brings the energy around the rim. Um, and like, like Chris said, these are all great moves to get you through the regular season. Once you get to the playoffs, you have LeBron James and you have Anthony Davis. 
These are two of the 15 to 17 best players in basketball. When you got that, you got a chance. Uh, the Lakers have had a very sneaky good offseason just because they're not bringing in the stars or they haven't traded for Kyrie Irving yet. Um, doesn't mean that, that Ed's been a failure just because you can't get Russ off. If you got to run it back with Russ, then you'll find a way to work uh, because I truly believe in their in their new coach. Uh, I think he's building a huge He's going to it's going to be like a culture shift as much L.A. doesn't really need that. It's all about winning. Um, he's going to get the scrappy guys to go even scrappier. Um, I, I like L.A.'s moves a lot this offseason as much as it hurts the same. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me, Brad, because you chirped up both when Chris and Antonio said Thomas Bryant. I feel like you're fairly high on the Lakers offseason so far then. Um, well, it's definitely better. Um, definitely depends on what they do at Russell Westbrook. I definitely agree with Antonio that I really like what they're doing with the culture. I think it's going to be a lot better. Um, I like the addition of Darvin Ham in the fr- uh, front office. And I, I just really like Thomas Bryant. This was a guy that I remember watching one of his first breakout games because it was against the Bulls. And I'm like, who the heck is this guy? He's blocking shots. And we haven't mentioned this. He can shoot. The three ball. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. 35 career percent three point shooter. Um, so that gives them another element next to AD. And I'm not a big comparison guy, but Darvin Ham from the Bucks, they played big a lot. They had Brooke Lopez, a guy that could protect the rim, shoot threes. And they were good. And I'd see him trying to put Bryant in a similar role. And giving AD space to operate inside along with LeBron and we'll see with Russ. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall I'm good with it. Uh, I will say with Lonnie Walker, he is a little bit more of a volume score. Usually he needs a little more touches to stay involved. He's not as much a spot up guy. So I'm curious to see that adjustment, but overall I'm definitely much higher on the Lakers moves thus far. And one person, Parker, I want to want to mention before we go for it, Damian Jones is the person I forgot uh, oh, yeah. that the Lakers did get to. And I think uh, I think the bubble year is when they really had the most success while LeBron's been there. Of course, we all seen that. But Damian Jones can do like what Dwight and JaVale did, just be active and be athletic mm-hmm. around the rim. I, re- I really like that, too, because then, like I said, even when AD is going to sit out his games, you can have him and Bryant there. And together for, for, for stretches of period of time, you can have LeBron there for with a guy like that. I, I really like that, too. That's one thing I forgot to say. Yeah, I think that there's a natural fit there in the same Dwight role, like you mentioned. I think the interesting fit to me is Bryant is Thomas Bryant because so when I think of Russell Westbrook's most successful year since yeah the last twenty years or last not twenty years last like six years, it was with Houston when Houston went with a bunch of shooters and said, "Hey, Russell Westbrook, your shot chart is going to look like." a center. We're going to put you where you're attacking the basket. You're going to dunks, 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 dunks. Thomas Bryant can kind of, if he on higher volume can prove to be the same shooter can do the same kind of thing with his space, the floor you have, he and Davis both playing 25, 26 feet away from the basket and then open up those kind of cuts for Russ that may be rejuvenating in a way. Um, if that's the route you go, if something else happens, and they don't have Russ, obviously that you get back to the wing depth. I think that they're doing okay out there in LA. I just, I probably would have liked to have kept uh, Malik Monk. I thought Malik Monk was such a bright spot for them a year ago, but you can't keep everybody. And uh, you know, I, 
I, I get that the Lakers are this family owned business or, or whatever, in a weird way. They're just like the biggest family owned business, this side of the Cowboys. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the way things go for them. Um, Antonio, you're a Boston guy. I guess it's not quite the rivalry that the Red Sox and Yankees are, but New York just out, just up the road, just, they got Jalen Brunson and what felt like the first big signing. I say big being dollar amount big. And there was this big recruiting process. The Knicks went to Mavericks playoffs games, sent their brass in to watch him. Julius Randall is a Dallas local, had a bunch of guys staying at his house where they're trying to recruit Jalen and stuff like, like that was a big to do. You seem to be kind of bullish on it. What what'd you think of the Jalen Brunson move? Jalen Brunson is the first player to ever sign a hundred million dollar deal with a new team and not be an all-star. Um, and it's it's so funny because when Jalen Brunson was turning up against the Jazz, he's dropping 30. Uh, Parker, you're on Twitter a lot. I think you had to see him once of like, oh, the Knicks are throwing him a contract. And it, as a joke, like we were joking. We didn't mean go throw this dude four-year, $100 million. That's, we weren't being serious, but in the most Knicks way fashion, they did. And you cle- like you had a bad year just to end up with no draft pick to clear it for Jalen Brunson. Now your three best players are ball dominant Jalen Brunson. Well, we don't know how ball dominant he'll be. He had to play with Luca, but I'd imagine if he wants to score a lot, he's going to need yeah. it. RJ Barrett, who you plan on having a big year, how are his, t- how are his touches going to be effective? And of course you still have Julius Randall, who's the biggest, who's the greatest con man of all time. Um, I, I, I don't like the move at all. Um, I think they kind of should have just rocked out with R.J. Barrett. Let this be his team. While his, if you look at like the deep efficiency numbers, he, he hasn't been all too amazing. But um, I think this should have been his team. New York loves R.J. Barrett. They always say like next year is his year for All Star. But you keep signing these um, like guys who just aren't worth it, like Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. And you don't really got depth, and you gave away Nerlens, who is a very solid backup center. Um, yeah, just f f move for the for the Knicks, as they always do. F move for the Knicks is very very strong. Uh, Brad, you're you're a big prospect guy. I guess Jalen Brunson's not like twenty; he's closer to twenty five. No, yeah, but I did I did I did watch him. I actually did. I mean, I love Villanova guys. Um, they're always great NBA guys. I'm a little sad mm-hmm. to see Jay Wright go because it made my scouting a lot easier. Because um, I was like, no, nobody's good. But uh, no, I mean, with Brunson, I'm not as low just because I am a huge Brunson guy. I think he can be a starting point guard in this league. At the same time, though, it is everything the Knicks have done since last offseason has been very complicated, to say the least. Uh, just signing Evan Fournier to that huge deal, trying to build around Julius Randle when he is clearly not a number one on a NBA uh, championship caliber team. Um, So trying to treat him and trying to play their offense through him that way. I do like the idea of Brunson, RJ, quickly top in. Um, I'm forgetting others, but they got a nice young core there. I think if they move that direction, unfortunately, I probably don't see that happening with the Knicks. I don't think they'll go that route. So right now they're just kind of settling for mediocrity, it seems like. 
so I, I guess, I mean, yeah, I give it a pretty low grade unless they go to the youth movement. Chris, you and I both live in Dallas. Jalen Brunson seemed to light this city on fire when he was here. He did. He did. Um, why, why is everyone so low on this? Uh, I don't know. I think it's – well, honestly, I think it's just because he's a smaller guard and because he hasn't made an all-star team yet, so giving a guy that $100 million, is, 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 it sounds rough. But in my opinion, I, I kind of teeter on this a little bit. He's probably the best point guard Knicks had in like 20 years. Like in reality, he probably is. Just and, – and like we talked about earlier, nobody's really overpaid now. So, I mean, $25 yeah. million a year for, for him, that may be something that, that kind of keeps the fans interested. But I, I like quickly over there, but I don't think he's a point guard. You know, so I no, think yeah. having – I think even though Brunson's a scoring guard, and this is kind of where the joke I've been saying to my friend Terrence is like, they have three, their three best players are left-handed. What are they going to do when Julius Randle's trying to back down the same side Jalen Brunson's trying to back down on as a post point guard, <laughs> the post five line? What are they going to do? Are they going to space the floor and throw it to, oh, you guessed it, RJ Barrett, who's on the same side of the floor because he's left-handed too. It's just like, that's my little joke I've been having. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think them bringing back Mitchell Robson will help because just like a lob threat, so they can just kind of help themselves out when, when they get into trouble. But I think I think they're in for a bigger move. I think they're going to go after Donovan Mitchell really hard with the quick leads, with the toppings, with the younger guys that they do have. I think that's going to be something they do, or at least go after a disgruntled star at some point. So I don't think they're going to stay packed and go with the, the youth movement. But I think Brunson, it, it's a guy you got to bring in just because they, they haven't had a point guard and they try everybody in that spot and it didn't work. But I think I think you still got to try it. And like I said, he's probably the best point guard they had in, in, in 20-some years. So I mean, at the end of the day, you, you, you try it. I, I don't know if it's going to work. I would have wished he would have stayed here. So now I don't have to watch Dinwiddie shoot eight threes a game. But I mean, <laughs> it's okay. I, 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 I give them a, a B for, for that. I give them a B. Yeah. I, I mean, I want a quick note just because I do agree with a lot of the points you're saying. I don't think Brunson's, I wouldn't, I'm not too worried about the money. Um, mm-hmm. It's more so just the fact of him and Tibbs' system with, how they want to run their offense. It is very much Julius Randle centric, get the, him in the post, let him isolate. Like it's kind of all of it together. So if Tibbs maybe left as much as I like Tibbs in certain areas, uh, it would make a lot more sense. I'd be more on board with this. All right. So for my free agency signing, I think it wouldn't be an appropriate show if it didn't point out that I'm going to give PJ Tucker getting a three year deal on A plus 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 plus. Now, while I'm not actually that high on the deal for a three year deal, um, that probably pulls me down to like a more like a low A. I really do like PJ Tucker bringing some sort of a toughness to Philadelphia. He seems to fit that, you know, just the, the grit culture idea of like what we associate with the city of Philadelphia very well. He's a floor spacer, even if it's just a reputation at this point. People still cover him out of the three-point line in the corner like he's shooting it at 40% still. Um, I like all of those kinds of things he brings to them. It is Daryl Morey bringing the band back together, though, so I'm open to being told <laughs> that I'm a little high on this. He's got P.J. Tucker. They're working on a deal with Harden. Harden took a pay cut to bring Tucker in, for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel House is showing back up. They pulled up Trevlin Queen, who Daryl Morey signed to the RGV Vipers here in Texas, like it really is a Rockets 2.0 plus Joel Embiid. Um, but I'm high on it. Is that because I'm a Rockets fan, Chris, or what's happening there? Uh, and also too, uh, Eric Gordon probably on the way. I've seen that he's probably going to be on the way. So uh, <laughs> the Philadelphia Rockets are coming. Uh, no, I, I think it's, I think it's really good for them though. I think PJ Tucker, 
even no matter what people say about him, he brings something good to every team he's been on. He's going to make the threes when they count, or if he doesn't make, he's going to rebound. And if he doesn't, he's going to dive on the floor. He's going to do the thing nobody else wants to do. He's going to do it at a high level. So I think having that over there with, with Harden and B, especially with B, you know, I'm going to say his injury history just because he's, he's been fairly healthy these last couple of years and he's played through a lot of injuries. But P.S. is really, really tough. And I think having him over there, if they do, and if they are able to keep Thibault, you can put two really, really good defenders out there who are going to play hard with the Harden, with the Maxi, with the Harris, if you keep them over there with them. I think it just helps their versatility a lot. They can play players who've been there a lot more. So I really think, I think it's a good signing for them for sure. What do you think about it, Brad? Yeah, I mean, for me, I really like it, uh, especially because Sixers, I think they've somewhat wasted Joel's in prime a little bit or his title window. Um, I feel like they've been with the whole Ben Simmons thing with a lot of things just in general. I think Tucker, I like this move to be aggressive, to get Tucker. I don't really care about the three-year deal too much because like I said, I want them to capitalize on now. And Tucker also, like you said, he gives them that corner three shooting. And I also know all these trade rumors with Matisse Thibel. So if they do lose a Matisse, then they're bringing in another guy like Tucker who can defend, who gives them that toughness on the defensive side. So I like the move a lot as well, Parker. It's not just for part, uh, Rockets homers only. <laughs> Antonio, <laughs> this feels like a competitive move against your guys. Tucker is switchable and versatile. And I thought he played okay in the Miami series that went seven with your Boston Celtics. Um, obviously not well enough to like put them over the top. Right. Uh, but I thought he played all right. What do you see as you see the Rockets band forming in Philadelphia? I think he, I think one of the most underrated parts of it. Yes. He, he does stretch the floor and he could defend really well. I think he's the perfect guy to put next to Joel Embiid. Um, he's not someone who's going to end up clogging the paint and he's going to help rebound. He can get out there and, and defend these guards. We, we seen him face guard Trey Young. He's guarded Trey Young better than anyone has since he's gotten the lead. That's going to be huge when you got it. You got, if you, if you want to make a championship run, you're going to have to face guys, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum. You're going to face Giannis and Chris Middleton, Jalen Brown, all those guys. Uh, this was a good move for Philly. Um, and honestly, just because they're rebuilding the Rockets, so they're not the same guys they are, but you also didn't have Joel Embiid in the middle of his prime <laughs> when you had that Rockets team. Um, and you also got Tyrese Maxey, who is just young, electric, can score, scrappy on defense. He wants to do it all. Now, uh, I mentioned this in a, a YouTube video I made before. Um, I believe they do have one of the best packages to go get Kevin Durant. I mean, after hearing that Bridges, Aiton, and Cam Johnson and five picks wasn't enough, then I don't really know. But, I mean, Tobias, Matisse Thybul, I think for a guy like Kevin Durant, maybe Maxi would be worth it. And if you yeah, Kevin yeah. Durant on that team, that'd be great. But just the P.J. Tucker signing, I, I found that amazing. Uh, I aspire for Grant Williams to end up being like P.J. Tucker. I love P.J. Tucker. Um, not just because I'm – so – Backstory, P.J. Tucker went to Texas when I was like in middle school um, and living in Austin. And so 
he was like a little bit broader guy and I've always been a little bit broader guy and not that I'm six, six, but I was like, Oh, that's how I want to play basketball. He's tough. He's gritty. He's whatever. He's down on the floor. He's also got the newest pair of Jordans on every game. That was as far back as college. Um, and so that's always been, I just been a big PJ Tucker guy. So I'm obviously going to like the signing. Um, I like that. He's clearly a well-liked guy. If James Harden is again, changing his own salary to pull the guy in, obviously Harden also makes a lot more money from Adidas than he does from any single NBA team, but like worth pointing out. Um, I wonder if there is some play they're trying to pull Durant into the move as well. Um, Maury had extensive talks with Durant back when he went to Golden State in 2016. It, it kind of got washed under the rug because it didn't go anywhere. I wonder if there's some aspect of this too. I think Brad mentioned the idea of Tobias Harris happening. Um, that said, if you wanted to give Joel Embiid a spell, you could also play Harris and Tucker as your two forwards with a really small lineup, but Tucker has done the deal where he covers centers before. I think it gives them some versatility in the Joel Embiid off the floor minutes. Um, you know, rooting for Tucker. He got his ring in Milwaukee and I'm happy for him there. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I just, I obviously will always really like those signings. I would also point out that I think the Obama signing to Orlando is going to get an F because he should have come to Houston Rockets. Um, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll probably sit alone in that one. <laughs> No, 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 not alone. Not alone at all. <laughs> not alone. I, I'm a Bulls fan. I did want him to. I'm guilty. <laughs> what is he doing in Orlando? Is he just going to waste away there? Like, what is, what's going on? I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. I think it's, it's, well, I guess since I'm talking now, I'll answer it. I, I, I didn't understand it for the Magic and for him because, I mean, unless you're going to play him and Wendell Carter together or you want to play Jonathan Isaac and Bomber together, or you want power. Like, I, I don't understand it. I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get it. I, I didn't get why they did that. It, it, it just felt weird to me. Um, just because, I don't know, is, is Wendell Carter your four? Or, or are you banking on Isaac to come back? I, I just didn't really understand what they were doing over there. And for Mo Bamba, I feel like now he's at that point where he's kind of been like a, a backup. I thought he could have went to a couple places and either start or, or play close to 30 minutes a game. And I don't see that happening for him over there. In Orlando, and I think it was only a two-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not like, yeah. super long term. But I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't I don't. But it is the magic. I mean, you, you know, you, you never really know what they're doing. They have seven point guards and four power forwards. <laughs> and so I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll figure it out. But I just it just it's just a, a weird move to me so far. Brad or Antonio, any last words on the Mobamba thing that felt very weird? I just wish he was coming to the Celtics. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> We all wish he was no, coming to our teams, but Orlando yeah. signed him to not play him. I just, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I ha the only thing I can think of maybe is if no other team was really offering a multi-year deal and Mo Bamba's been struggling with injuries his entire career and just wanted to secure the money. That's, that's the only thing I can think of. I don't know what actually is happening behind the scenes, but that's the most logical thing I can think of in my head. Yeah, I, I'm just lost. Um, all right, so we made it through the full show, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have not signed, which means it'll probably happen about an hour after this goes live. If you want to respond to any of us and talk with us about those signings or others, let's start at the top of the Zoom call here. Antonio, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at amperez underscore 17, and you can find my podcast at Sideline Summit Pod basically everywhere. We just dropped an episode today at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, so after you check this out, you can go check that out. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find me and the podcast at. And Brad, where can people find you and your work at? 
Uh, people can find me well, on Bell of Sports, but also on my Twitter, uh, Brad underscore Patton 03. And yeah, just articles all the time. <laughs> Brad writes a lot about basketball. You should go check that out. Chris, where can people find you at? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm at Culture Boy on all channels. Uh, C-O-U-L-T-E-R underscore B-O-Y. Uh, that's me. And then the, the Culture Boy show on YouTube. Uh, I, have, I have a couple of things that I'm, I'm working on right now. I actually have a, a magic. My, my first video I'm going to put out in this little series I'm doing is a magic uh, offseason grade thing. So I'm going to talk about Mo Bamba for sure so you get a little more insight on that. So, yeah, you'll, you'll hear my hate on that if you go and check it out. The Coach Boy show. <laughs> so that's a nice segue. I didn't even know. That's a really nice segue. So Parker for Al didn't even know it. It's not even Sunday. There you go. That's like me missing a layup and we'll call it throwing it off the glass. That's <laughs> all right uh thank you all so much for coming on today uh again make sure you check all these guys out they're a bunch of fun to follow on twitter uh and instagram as well get some good stuff coming content always flowing even in the summer in the nba thank you all for coming on today all right friends we went long today <laughs> and i hope you enjoyed all of the nba free agency and trade talk and everything it's been a wild nba offseason and i'm sure again as i said several times throughout the recording there the nba offseason is only going to get more crazy after this thing has been published so i guess we should go ahead and wrap it on up thank you for listening to the show you can find us on instagram at f underscore n underscore sports and on twitter at fn sports 2 that's f-i-n-s-b-r-t-s number two all one word on twitter through each of those social media handles, be able to grab a link tree to all of our various sponsors and our merch store. Yes, our merch store has various t-shirts, hoodies, caps, and mugs, each of which sends some sort of money to various charities. So make sure you go check that out. Again, that's at FNSports2 on Twitter or at F underscore underscore sports on Instagram. The link tree will take you to all the links for all of our different sponsors in the clutch.com yeti etc thus from there you would also get to our merch store and help out various charities me and my personal stuff can be found on twitter and instagram at painsworth 512 that's p-a-i-n-s-w-r-t-h 512 on twitter and instagram i'll be posting things i'm recording things i'm writing various thoughts on the sneakers app usually not very positive about the sneakers app although i do love my sneakers i just don't get a whole lot of w's on sneakers app i'll be posting things about my texas longhorn signing arch manning stuff like that obviously the latest thing is i'm super excited about my houston rocket summer league team because i'm really excited about jabari smith tarison at all so make sure you come talk to me about all these various rockets endeavors or other summer league endeavors if you want to i'm really enjoying watching kenny lofton jr as i opened up the pod with come talk to me on twitter about that stuff if you want to support the show for free make sure you download subscribe rate review to all the wonderful things that help the podcast and whatever you do when it comes to sports don't flunk with us later guys Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 